This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Guys, you looking to spice up your trail game, get better on the trail, set up, tear down, camp faster, just be an overall better backpacker? Well, now you can, according to the Trail Grader. Hire Carl to walk behind you and grade all you do on the trail for your entire trip. He'll grade you on your trail walking percentage, on or off. He'll, dra- he'll grade you on your cooking abilities. He'll grade you on your, tr- your trail sign reading abilities. Your conversation quality, is it up to his standards? And, of course, he will grade you on your sleep noise level. Check it out at trailgrader.absurd. This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who used a used wag bag as a poncho, Carl Mandrioli. (laughs) There he is! I thought you were a little stinky that trip. You are a poet, my friend. And I didn't know it. Used a used. Didn't even know it. All right. With me today is Derek Summerville, a man who commonly asks forest rangers questions like, is a turtle without a shell homeless or naked? Oh, Wow. Yeah, that's embarrassing. That's actually better than the other one you had about the mistake or whatever a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, you know, if you're not shy about asking Forest Rangers questions, maybe you should have been the one to interview Ranger Ann. What do you think? Ranger Ann. I'm I'm glad we found Ranger Ann. Upset it's not Ranger Annie. It's not Ranger Annie. That hunt will continue forever probably. Um, Correct. But yeah, we had you had a and Mike Mike joined right. Yeah, Tupperware Mike joined again because you you missed this interview due to some life difficulties. I yeah. miss a lot of interviews. No, you you've actually been really relatively good this past season. You I have actually yeah high percentage. I would have loved to do the past two interviews. I had some uh, children challenges. I'll just say that uh, for sure in, in, in the lightest way. But yeah, you guys were awesome. Mike filled in, and, he, and as always, thank you, Mike. Yeah, I, well, I, it's more it's more my thing where I, I just don't like doing the interviews by myself. I get kind of scared and Insecure. nervous, and so yeah. the insecurities come out. So I've got to have some help. And so if I ask a question that doesn't go very well, I need I need another voice there to kind of soothe. You need you need some backup. Over. Yeah, you need some backup. I need, I need somebody to get my back for sure. So so this is Ranger Ann from Capitol Reef National Park, not Ranger Annie. Mm-hmm. 
who right. is from Yosemite National Park or wherever she is now. Right. Uh, we thought we'd ask all the hard ranger questions, and we, you know, I sent her basically an outline ahead of time so she knew it was coming at her. So I don't know. I think the questions are fair. What do you think? Yeah, I do. Was there anything you would have asked? Like, what what do we miss here? What was if you were on the interview? What would you have asked the ranger? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would have started with, um, you know, what's the most hated thing that you see on the trail? Mm. Do you, you know, do you, does litter? Hate, like, does she hate the, the litter, the trash, the busting the crust? They call it where it's like you step on that busting the oh desert, busting the, the crust. desert vegetation. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely busting the crust. Right. Um, which was intense at Capitol Reef. We got. We got reprim- I got reprimanded at least what two times, three times. Well, it's not just a Capitol Reef. It's it's basically in Utah, right? Where in Utah, yeah, all the desert parks. So yeah, so yeah. there were times even just a couple months ago where you were in Canyonlands and there's hikers coming yeah. their way and you're getting out of their way, and right. they're like, and they're like, whoa, 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 get off the crust. And I'm like, look, my balance A isn't that great, and B, the trail's like 12 inches wide. So yeah, it's it's tricky. It can get tricky. So you're kind of a bus cruster, right? I'm a crust, crust buster, buster, not a buster cruster, but I've, <laughs> I've busted some crust. You have. She kind of talked about some things that, that would bother her in that regard, so I think we might have hit on that. Yeah. But um, Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand Ooh. forever. Would you share this verse with a ranger if they were accusing you of violating leave no trace principles? Ooh, that's, that's like a, that's a, that gets deep real quick. No, I would not. Well, maybe I would. Kind of slap, slap in the face. Maybe I would. If I, if I didn't like their vibe, okay. I'd be like, listen, I got a Bible verse for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you'd probably get blacklisted like you did. So I don't know. That'd be, that'd be a game. That'd be, <laughs> that's a toss up. You might. It's tough. Would you do it? You would do it. No, you already got blacklisted. No, I, I try to be polite. The, I, last time I, so you got reprimanded for busting the crest by fellow hikers. Yeah. When I was in Glacier National Park a couple years ago, they had these, I don't know. I got out of the way of a ranger. Like the rangers coming down the trail. I'm like, go ahead. And I stepped, I think I'm part of this bush and they have like, you know, billions of acres of this bush. And she's like, you got to get off that bush. <laughs> I was like, okay, sorry. Get off the bush. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quote Bible verses at her. That wasn't your first instinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the interview. And All right. yeah, if, if we missed anything, if there's anything you want us to ask rangers in the future, it was fun to have a ranger on. It was fun to throw some ridiculous questions and, and learn some things in the process. So okay. here's how it went. So we're here with Ranger Ann. Ranger Ann, tell us about yourself, kind of where you work and just some of your background, if you don't mind. Definitely. So I am at Capitol Reef National Park in Southern Utah, and I've worked for the Park Service for over five years. So I've been privileged enough to go to a number of different parks and get paid to work in these beautiful places where people go on vacation. We are so excited to have a ranger on because we always, we reference rangers a lot. One of our hosts on our podcast references rangers sometimes as villains. It's crazy, but we're gonna, we, got, <laughs> we got all sorts of questions for you to clear clear the air with some of the um, challenges we've had over the years and some of the yeah maybe some of the interesting experiences you've had as well. So just to be clear, Ranger oh. Ann, that's not me. Okay, I'm not the one that <laughs> recognizes you as a villain. I love I love my rangers. <laughs> so here's something that I'm always interested in. As a ranger, you know, I'm sure that you guys get asked a lot of really silly stuff and probably oh you have to answer a lot of a lot of questions. So what would you what do you think is the craziest question that you've ever been asked as a, from park visitors? Yeah, so this is a great question that I think has 
sort of a surprising answer. So for me, you'd think that I really would remember those crazy questions and just be like, oh my gosh, you won't believe, you know, what I heard. But some of the questions that stand out the most are the ones where people are really interested in a specific part of the park where you work, whether it's a geology question or a plant question, but they just really want to like dive deep into this small topic. And it's really nice for rangers to be able to nerd out, if you will, on, um, you know, these in-depth questions that we don't get all the time, but that we've spent hours and hours and months, you know, studying and preparing, Mm. you know, programs about these, you know, sometimes obscure topics. And when someone has a really great follow-up program to, or a follow-up question to one of your ranger programs and wants to know all about, you know, some of like the different members in a geologic layer, for example, and then you can just really nerd out with them. And I think for me, that is um, much more rewarding and more memorable than any crazy question per se. So are you saying that if I took pictures of just various plants or whatever out in the park and I just brought them back and I tested you, I said, what's this? What's that? <laughs> you, you might know the answer. Or you likely would know the answer. Uh, yes, I would okay. say so. I mean, there are definitely rangers who are better at plants. Like I'm pretty decent at plants, but I'm not that good at birds. So I'd send okay. you a different ranger if you had some bird photos or bird ID questions. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, okay. we absolutely love it when people come and show us their photos from what they've seen out there mm-hmm. and want to get some more in-depth information. And it's way better to bring the photo and not, you know, the rock or a piece of the plant itself, you know, leave those mm-hmm. things where they are out in nature, um, take right, a photo, right, right. bring us a photo <laughs> and we'll, we'll uh, yeah. nerd out with you. That's a good point. I've never thought, I've always looked as rangers as being an authority figure and I've never really, I've never really considered the fact that you guys have went to school and studied this stuff for a really long time and you'd probably be fascinated and would love for us to come up and ask you questions other than like, where, where's the bathroom or where's this trailhead, you you know? It's a nice variety when people have, have in-depth questions. I'm already more educated as I leave this interview, so I'm happy we did it. Great. (laughs) Good. Well, I actually have an answer for you for this question because uh, a few years ago when I was there and I rolled up to get a permit and you were handing out the permits, I asked you if we should be concerned about any desert Sasquatch out there. Oh, what did did I say? um, (laughs) I think you got the joke and you played along. You you understood I wasn't serious. You're like, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. (laughs) You probably rolled your eyes. I'm not sure. (laughs) Probably. No, I would never roll my eyes. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, So the next question has a backstory, and I'll explain here a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you have areas of the park where there's, you know, there's like backcountry areas where you're allowed to do some backcountry camping in some places where you're not supposed to. So like, according to, I don't know, the park regulations or your regulations, however you want to say it, what is your definition of camping? Yeah. So this is a great question. And there are definitely two, two different definitions um, or two different parts to the definition of what we consider camping in Capitol Reef. So the first one is the basic camping in a campground. So you've got restrooms with running water, you've got, um, you know, plenty of picnic tables and fire rings. And that's where the amphitheater is for evening programs. So you've got 
the maintained campground, Fruta Campground, and we have two primitive campgrounds that you would still be able to drive to. And they're primitive. They don't have as many amenities. They just have pit toilets and fire rings. They do have picnic tables, but you'd have to bring all the water you needed to extinguish your fire, for example, um, as well as all the water you need for cooking and drinking. So camping in a campground, a designated campground, is one way that you could go camping in Capitol Reef. It's okay. really popular, really fun. And then the other definition of camping okay. would be backpacking. So this is what you uh -huh. alluded to, you know, going into the backcountry, looking for that wilderness experience, finding a sense of solitude while you're out there, you know, hopefully you won't see that many other people. Um, that's often a goal for backpacking is to, you know, be one with nature um, and not run into uh -huh. tons of other people. And so backpacking Capitol Reef has a few more rules and regulations um, than just camping in the campground. It's a little bit more involved. You need to be able to hike um, at least a half mile from all roads and trailheads before you find a spot to pitch your tent. You need to be out of sight and sound of the trail itself. And this is okay. a rule that can be kind of hard to follow depending on where you are. Uh, you know, Capitol Reef has some amazing canyons. It has some trails that get you up high and give you good views. And depending on where you are, the canyon might be the trail. And so then it would be very right, hard, right. you know, to get out of sight and sound. Or when you're up high on a plateau and there's not, you know, lots of little side canyons or little hills to kind of keep you out of sight and sound of the trail. Again, you know, it might be hard to comply with being out of sight and sound of the trail. So it definitely takes more planning um, to go backpacking in Capitol Reef. Mike, I think you violated the rules, man. I think you were not out of sight uh -oh. or sound of the trail. <laughs> so yeah. Is, can you, can you retroactively <laughs> give tickets at this point? Uh, you know, I'm not a law enforcement ranger, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I snore loud enough that I can't go far enough away from the trail, to be honest with you. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. here's what I heard from you. I heard you mention mm -hmm. tents. I heard you mention, yeah, just kind of being, yeah, out of sight and sound of the trail. So I want to focus on, like, the violation of that where, like, let's say – we, I don't know, let's say Mike and I were hiking and we were doing like an out and back and maybe we got dehydrated. We're going really slow. We don't make it out by nighttime and, you know, we're just struggling. And so we just sit on the trail and we don't get out a tent. We don't get out anything to cook with. We don't get out our sleeping bags. We're just exhausted and we happen to fall asleep. Is that camping? Oh, man. Um, I feel like if you had a spot device, you would probably activate it at that point to start a search and rescue to come help you. We feel like we can make it out the next morning. We just, we're just exhausted though. Yeah. I mean, I'd say those are extenuating circumstances, but again, I'm not a law enforcement officer. Okay. Um, I would say that that'd just be a really, okay. really rough night for you. And you'd probably come in and tell us about your adventure and we would probably commiserate and, <laughs> you know, potentially, you know, yeah. get a law enforcement opinion on that. Um, but I mean, we want people to have a safe and a fun visit. You know, I mean, that's why 
these rules are right. in place. I mean, they help us um, reinforce the mission of the National Park Service. Yeah. So oh, we're 100%. trying to preserve and yep. protect the natural and cultural resources for the education, enjoyment and inspiration. Well, here's where the question came from, uh, because we have a buddy, both Mike and I, who, who um, also listens to the show. We call him Camel Cut. He's from Texas. And uh, he was in the Grand Canyon <laughs> a couple years ago, and he was with kids. So he had some kids who just weren't going to make it out of the canyon. And so they, yeah, they ended up crashing on the side of the trail. They didn't get their sleeping bags out. They didn't do it. Just basically as described. And they had, they had a ranger come up to uh-huh. them and, and give them a ticket. And he's like, we're camping on the trail. What's the definition of camping? And they couldn't define it. And so I was curious what your definition was. Sound, sounds like you're a lot nicer mm. than the ranger they encountered. <laughs> well, you know, there are different rules in every national park. And then there are also state regulations too. So there are, you know, That's different true. things that can play into that. So I can't, can't speak to the Grand right. Canyon Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I just yeah. was curious, just, just curious, yeah. but, um, all right, so uh, I got another challenging okay. question here. So this also has a backstory. A couple years ago when we came to Capitol Reef for the first time, uh, I was bringing a, a pretty large group, and it had rained recently. And so we were trying to figure out you know, how much water to pack in. We knew that there might be some water on the trail. We had water filters. And so I walked up to the visitor center, and you were there, and mm-hmm. I asked the question. I said, can we count on water in the backcountry? Like it's just rained like, sh- like, should we bring in extra water or, or should there be enough to filter? And you said, well, like, I wouldn't count on it. You're probably going to bring, you know, there should be some water, but you're going to want to bring some extra just in case. And then mm-hmm. as I'm talking to you, another guy from our group completely ignores our conversation, goes up and asks a different ranger right next to you the same exact question. And this guy says, oh, yeah, there's, like, plenty of water in the backcountry. You don't need to bring any extra. There's a lot. (laughs) So my question is, how does that happen? (laughs) I would say there are a couple different ways that that can happen. Um, One would be that one of us is less familiar with the trail than the other person. And we get a lot of visitor updates as well as ranger updates from water sources in the backcountry. And you might have been visiting when we were in a drought. I mean, a couple of years ago, we only had four inches of rain the entire year. Mm -hmm. Um, And our normal is eight inches and we're still classified as a desert with eight inches. So that would be one aspect. Even fairly reliable water sources can dry up in drought conditions. And then another part of that is that Capitol Reef is the second largest national park in Utah. It covers a lot of area. So just because it's been raining where the visitor center is and along the scenic drive doesn't mean that down south or up north, um, Mm -hmm. they've had as much rainfall as we've had at the visitor center. So the weather in the different parts of the park can vary dramatically. And perhaps one of us um, hadn't looked at the update board and spoke, you know, without thinking like, oh, yeah, there's always water in muley tanks just because in the past there always has been but then maybe we got i think you said that actually you said because we were going that direction yeah <laughs> but then maybe we got yeah. a visitor report that it was really low and people had to like hold on to each other's ankles and filter the water you know while they're lying on their stomachs trying to get just like the barest dregs of water you know so it can mm-hmm. be you know not checking the update board it can be 
um, someone not being as familiar with the resources in the backcountry. Um, we also have streams that are intermittent. So for part of the trail, you might be hiking along a stream with flowing water, and then it might go underground for a while. And, um, you know, it could mm -hmm. be for miles before you see <clears throat> that stream <laughs> resurface. And so you're really having to rely on uh, other people's logistics or intel for you guys. And one person's puddle might seem like a great water source to them. <laughs> and then to somebody else that's hiking in there, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, it's a great water source out there. And it's like a little tiny mud puddle. Right. And you're like, what, is, what are you talking about? This is nothing. Come on. <laughs> Okay. So what's the best place to find that information then on the board that you guys have? Would that be the most reliable? Uh, well, the board is in, in our back offices, so it would just be coming and asking at the front desk. The board's secret, Mike. You, we, the board is not so, available yeah. to the public, so yeah. you have to kind of break in. or uh, <laughs> That's one of my follow-up questions coming up, so be ready for the super is secret. Is how to dress yeah. like a ranger to get access to the to board? To get in the back room <laughs> so I can see the board. <laughs> What's the code for the back room? <laughs> no, but in all honesty, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. we plan our spots our campsites and just if we're coming from out of area like i'm over here in california in the sierras there's all kinds of water everywhere i'm not used to to camping in the desert and having to carry water so that stuff's like valuable intel for mm -hmm. people like me you know the trip plan and stuff like that so i want to know exactly right. where to get the right information and part of the setup with getting a backpacking permit is that you have to come to the visitor center in person to get that permit so you can ask those questions, we can tell right. you, you know, like, oh, you know, like there's going to be a storm that's in the forecast two days from now. And those roads, you know, that'll take you to that trailhead are going to be really, really muddy and you could get stuck or, you know, there's a risk of flash floods right. or the heat risk is super high. Well, full disclosure, we've over the years, like especially with our podcast, we've gotten a lot of intel from various ranger stations and visitor centers just across the nation and we've generally found that the weather like whatever the upcoming weather is is pretty darn accurate mm -hmm. like they have usually like some sort of weather chalkboard or something mm -hmm. um, but the actual trail intel i would say from our experience and mike you might have a different experience than me is we found it to be about 90 percent inaccurate oh, um, interesting. to the yeah and not picking on capitol reef but i'll yeah. give an example like with glacier national park we had some um, rangers at the ranger station tell us that we were going over this pass and like, you need snowshoes, you need ice axes, crampons, like the full deal. You need to go back into town, spend a bunch of money, carry a bunch of extra weight for all this stuff. And I was like, it's been so stinking hot here. I can't imagine there'd still be a lot of snow and ice up there. Yeah. And sure enough, there was like, there was like one small patch we had to hike over that was, you know, like 10 feet and that was it. And yeah. I was like, how do they... How do they get that so like they're not even close? It wasn't even like yeah. they were it was borderline. And so we've had that experience a number of times. And so it's interesting to hear that, yeah, you're kind of reliant upon, I guess, whoever's coming right off the trail, right? That's one of the tricky things. I mean, as yeah. visitation has increased, you know, people out in the backcountry have increased, as well as, you know, the number of rangers has not increased. Right. Um, so yeah, we definitely have to rely a lot on visitor information and you know try to get our staff and our volunteers and our interns out on the trails to get as much information as we can i think the solution honestly is just that if you do have intel and it's like you know a week or two old just 
yeah, like here's here's the information. Just take it with a grain of salt because here's how old it is. Versus like we just got this information today. Yeah. So yeah, yeah really on our cool. board we do write down the date that we got the update. So oh, okay. <laughs> we, but that's the we secret can, board, right? We can give those caveats. Yeah, yeah, the secret board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. the board in right. the back, the one that I can't yeah. see. <laughs> All right. So Ranger Ann, I've got another one. Okay. I am always interested in this one. So I need you to be really honest with me, okay? You ready for this? Okay, okay. So what is the key word or the key phrase for me to be able to find out the super secret ranger only known trails that are in the area? How do I find those (laughs) super secret park ranger trails? You can always ask. Um, and sometimes rangers will have favorite places or secret locations that aren't even in the national park where they work, you know, they might want to go out and explore other Ah. public lands. Um, so that, you know, could be an answer that you might come across, but I mean, I'd say there are not really any secret places. Um, you know, everything is on the map. And so, you know, I would <laughs> That's say, true. just look at the map. <laughs> yeah. So like look at the map and think about what your goal is for your experience. You know, are you looking for solitude? Are you looking for a popular hiking trail? You know, if you're looking for solitude, maybe don't pick a trailhead that has a massive parking lot and is right off the road. You know, you'll probably find more solitude in places that are, going to be a farther drive places that might be off of a dirt road as opposed to a paved road all right so ranger ann something that i'm not real not i'm not real happy <laughs> with but you know i i, I oblige by the rules the park mm-hmm. rules is the wag bag and uh so do you think at some point all national parks are going to start requiring the wag bag because they they have been used so much. We know that you can't speak for all national parks, but if you personally had to predict, what would right. you say? Yeah. yeah. Do you see it going that way? You know, I, yeah, like you said, there are so many national parks and units in the National Park Service. Um, it's not one size fits all. So, you know, I think in desert parks, perhaps it would be more likely than in parks on, you know, the East Coast that have, really rich soil where things are going to be able to decompose a little bit more easily than in the dry, sandy, rocky soil um, in some of these Southwest parks. You know, I think that that is certainly one aspect of, you know, the wag bag conversation. But I think another aspect is how to deal with the waste once people are done hiking. You know, a lot of the wag bags are sanitary and I mean, they all are. Um, you know, that's where you're buying them. Um, but they're like fine for um, landfills right. and safe for that. But when you think about their journey to get to that landfill, um, it might involve a trash compactor. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, wag bags are, yeah, not great in a trash compactor. Oh so, um, <laughs> so yeah, you're doing a good thing for the environment, oh. but sometimes there can be oh, consequences man. for uh, the sanitary workers. Yeah, that is a visual that I never expected <laughs> to, to come up in this question. Sorry, <laughs> that's great. That's great. But it, you know, you have to look at the whole big picture of yeah, it, like you do, not you just do. 
you know yeah so there's th- it sounds like there's hope mike <laughs> Gee, and it's not one one theme I'm, I'm catching from you though is you keep on talking about how there's different regulations for different parks and we have definitely noticed that just even just how you get your permit how many people can be mm-hmm. on a permit how you backcountry camp you know wag mm-hmm. bags no wag bags so just so you know like I predict eventually I'm going to get appointed secretary <laughs> of the interior. I'm going to oh. make, I'm going to like normalize and streamline as much as One possible. Size so fits all. make your job easier. Just F- FYI. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So <laughs> let's, let's talk from the standpoint of a different ranger of more of like a law enforcement style ranger. So let's say that <laughs> they've been out on the trail. They've been monitoring the trails and they've been out all day and they are exhausted. They've just, they've got okay. nothing left and I've just been into a backcountry zone and I come out and I see the ranger and I say, hey, there's somebody back there who's doing all sorts of violating the laws and the rules. They've got a campfire out there burning just whatever vegetation they can find. They're busting the crust. They're camping right on, you know, the trail. They're just, they're, they're violating every possible rule. But the ranger mm-hmm. I'm talking to, they're exhausted. Can they yeah. deputize me to go take care of things? <laughs> unfortunately not you know on occasion we uh we deputize parents to you know check their kids junior ranger books um <laughs> and give them their junior ranger bath um so we we will do that on occasion um, not quite the so same i can thing, deputize yeah i can deputize yeah. Car- carl as a junior ranger is that what you're telling me <laughs> okay. yeah you have to make sure he did every page okay, of the perfect. book and you know oh yeah Yeah. Um, But I mean, you know, what I would say is if you're a visitor and you see people, you know, breaking obvious rules, you know, like having a campfire in the backcountry, which you are definitely not allowed to do, Mm -hmm. um, or you see them, you know, stomping on the biological soil crust or defacing petroglyphs, or it doesn't even have to be defacing petroglyphs. It can just be writing your name on a blank wall that has nothing else on it. You know, that's still vandalism and i would say you know be empowered um depending on your comfort level and the situation um to say hey you know you might not realize but fires aren't allowed in the backcountry in capitol reef or you know if you don't feel comfortable approaching them you know if you felt like you could safely take a photo of them Mm. um you know and you can pass that information along um some parks have tip lines that you can call And say, you know, I saw this thing occurring at this place at this time, the description of this person um, or this group of people. Um, So, I mean, parks have a lot of ways for you to, you know, help protect the park uh, without being deputized to do it. For sure. For sure. I would only risk that if I was deputized. (laughs) All right. So we got one last question for you to wrap things up here. Ranger Ann. So do you have any final message or thought for our fellow adventures out there um, so that we don't make any hiker mistakes um, that you've experienced? Yeah, I think really the most important piece of advice would be to plan ahead. Know, you know, where you okay. want to go, what the weather conditions could be, road conditions, um, and then be flexible if things, you know, sort of derail your plans. I mean, this week we have a forecast for quite a few thunderstorms and that might cause roads to be closed or just impassable. Mm, Um, So just, you know, have a plan, but be flexible at the same time. Um, And, you know, Capitol Reef, it's the second largest national park in Utah. So there are just tons of great options to explore, whether you only have a few hours or whether you have a few days to spend here. 
Wow. All right. Well, Ranger, I mean, you've been awesome. So thank you so much for taking the time to uh, educate us, to play along with some of our ridiculous questions and for just, yeah, for coming on our show. Really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right, Derek. So big takeaways here. what you got? Uh, Well, let's start with the wag bag. She thinks it's bad for sanitation workers when they get, uh, what was it? Compacted or something like that? Yeah. What what was your... I mean, are you are you agreeing with that? I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't like the wag bag anyway, so I, I would definitely. I don't like it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm like, let's just keep it natural. But because I think the moment you add in, you, in in some way, you're you're you're, you know, creating like a mess essentially, right? Like mm-hmm. either you keep it natural, or you're adding in like a plastic something or other, and then you're also putting it in like a what, like a landfill or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, it's going to landfill. Correct. So it's 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 either way. It's like what's worse, you know? I don't right. Know. Yeah. Whatever. Hundred percent fertilizing the ground. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like I mean you're you're just generally against the wag bags, but her reasoning for why they might not be a thing in all national parks, I'm not sure that that's true because you know if if it's the compacting of poop, I mean how many dog bags or diapers are in yeah. the trash already, right? Let's so, let's take a look at that stat. Yeah. And uh, think but, about so how much. I do hope you, I hope yeah. she's right, but I just don't know that that's going to be the reason why they don't become a common thing. So, mm. all right, what else you got? Let's talk about the deputizing the junior rangers, but they won't, uh, you were a little upset. Yeah. So she was, she was unwilling to deputize me or in that scenario with the exhausted ranger and yeah, I'm not a junior ranger, man. I'm, I'm a man, right? Yes. As far as we know. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. seen, I've seen your shoulders. Do, do, should, do, did you disagree with her answer there? Should I have been deputized? <laughs> did she sense your desperation in your voice? I mean, <laughs> I mean that alone should have gotten you deputized. You know what I mean? Is there an age limit? Like, does it have to be fifteen and under, or forty-four or five and under? Fifteen. I'm imagining a junior ranger at age fifteen. Like, hey, can you please sign off on this? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Wow uh yeah so i guess it, yeah rangers deputizing people is not a thing i thought it might be just trying to help people out man trying to help the wilderness right mm. she, she did talk about though how well you don't have to be deputized to help out right like you should go ahead and reprimand other people for their violations <laughs> wow <laughs> are you comfortable doing that are you like hey hey so here's the rule you're not following it <laughs> No, I am not. Would you say that to a stranger? And I'll be like, and then, then, then you're gonna bring up your other thing. Like, are you a, a librarian? Are you guys all librarians out here? I mean, I don't. Are you gonna shush people everywhere you go? I mean, what's next? You know, like, no, I'm not gonna right. like carry a clipboard and a whistle. And no, that'd be that'd be terrible. That's so funny, man. We, I got reprimanded actually out on the trail this past week. In fact, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Were you? What were you doing? Going we, to the bathroom on the? Uh, side we of the had trail? a campfire. We had a campfire. There had been a fire ban. And there's some backpackers that had been on the trail for a few days and they're yeah. like, there's a fire ban. But the day that we started our backpacking trip, they had lifted the fire ban. Then these people were had already been backpacking. So oh. they didn't know. Oh. So then I said, uh, you're wrong. Get out of here. You set them straight. You set them straight. I didn't say that actually. That was nice. They were, they said it in a friendly way, but you're like, let's see who's lying. Stick your hand on the fire and see if it burns. <laughs> Is that, that's, that's how they right. do it in the, in the native ways, you know? That's right. Walk yeah. on the coals, get some coals out, walk on the coals. <laughs> see what happens. That's right. So, uh, let's see other takeaways, the secrets, the super secret backroom board where they have the trail Intel. We oh, kind of joked yeah. about getting back in there, but we also at the same time said 90% of that Intel is wrong. So I don't really want to get yes. back in there. One of the thing was I accused Mike of camping on the trail and then I asked her to retroactively give him a, a ticket. Oh, for that. that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She sh- yeah. yeah. Give him a ticket. Yeah. Give him a ticket. And Mike, I don't think Mike, Mike was being nice. He didn't catch this, but 
where we went, everybody was literally camping either on the trailer or right next to the trailer mm-hmm. because as she was driving, we were in a cane. There was no way out. Like that was just where yeah. we had to stay. That's where you got to go. So right. we all were violating that rule. It wasn't just Mike. Wow. Yeah. Still give him a ticket. Yeah. Give him a ticket. That's what I say. Overall, though, Ranger Ann was awesome and was, had a really good attitude. Super positive person. Um, really fun to talk to, and we just really appreciate having her on the show. Any last thoughts yeah. before we, we jump into trivia? No, she was great. Um, okay. A lot of good info. I said we do it again sometime down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. All good. right. So we got trivia coming up right after this. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com It's time for Rare Gear Trivia. Rare Gear makes travel and backpacking-oriented fishing gear. Their fly rod travels rigged and ready to cast in just 30 seconds, and at 17 inches in length when stored, it fits anywhere. Check it out at raregear.com. That's R-E-Y-R. Okay, so for this Ranger Trivia, if you fail, Derek, you've got to go to a police station and ask them to deputize you so you can keep the kids off your lawn. Keep the kids off my lawn? Get off my lawn. Yeah. Yeah, you're the guy that yells at the kids who walk your um, lawn, right? No, they, actually, I had kids sneak into my yard and leave their push-up pops uh, in my yard. That's who I had. That's who I got. Okay, well, that same same issue. Okay, well, you can solve that. You can give them tickets if you get deputized. Jeez. Okay. All right, so here we go. Number one, rangers hold different positions and types of jobs. Can you name three different types of rangers? Three different, like they're like they're official names or like in in the in the park yeah just describe them just in general you get like the registration i guess i say the administrative ranger like in the office yeah you get the trail maybe the trail ranger like the backcountry ranger take that yep uh you get uh the the junior ranger as well (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll take that that is correct so um she referenced the law enforcement ranger there's oh um, right right yeah the, the administrative ranger i would actually i think their official title is the misinformation ranger so that's the one that's oh. in the office i was gonna say texas ranger but yeah texas uh, ranger yeah. so you got the texas rangers the law enforcement but also the baseball team and then your favorite ranger of course is the power ranger so Ooh. especially the green one pink one, pink one. Yeah. <laughs> all right true or false if you tell the rangers you know all the backcountry rules when you're getting your permit they often will test you on your knowledge 
Yes. I'm going to say yes. You true. cannot true. handle true or false. You always true. say yes or no. Always. Every <laughs> single time. It's true or false, Derek. Come on. Do you think I ever answer like that because I know you're going to do the same speech you do every time? <laughs> it is true. True. Okay, true is correct. Man, yeah, you're killing yes you're killing the trivia lately. Well done, my friend. I obviously have more knowledge than you. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's nothing to be you, And you are by. so gracious handling the compliments, as always. So. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, this third one, even though you've already passed, I'm a little nervous for you. Name three national parks where we encountered rangers on the trail. Oh, All right. Geez. So okay. this is this is actually really easy. Okay. But if you name a non-national park, it's wrong. A so maybe not Olympic crazy. National. Uh, incorrect. We're straight away incorrect. Wait, wait, out. <laughs> we didn't see a ranger on this I road. We saw was... a ranger like eating afterwards. Wait, where was Ranger Annie? Was that ranger was that Glacier? <laughs> <laughs> where was that? Glacier. Oh my gosh. She was Glacier. Uh, <laughs> is she Glacier? All right. I'm going to give you some memory pills. Uh, She's in Yosemite. Yosemite National Park. She was in Yosemite? We've been to Yosemite so many times. Just saying Yosemite, your chances of getting it correct are pretty high. No, right? I know, but like, I, I think I was just going right yeah. for Ranger Annie. What, she was, she was, Yos, yeah. she was Yosemite. She's Yosemite. Wow. We saw, uh, we saw like four Rangers in Glacier National. Yeah, Park. Glacier National for sure. We saw a lot of Rangers. We saw Rangers like right at the end of the trail on this last Canyonlands trip. I don't know if you want to count that one. I would count that, and, then, and we saw them in the beginning too. When, when we were cooking yeah. breakfast, we saw a couple. Okay, we saw that, yeah, yeah, we saw the ones in. That lady in Rocky Mountain National Park. Anyway, all right. So I knew you were going to get that one wrong, but you still passed trivia. So congratulations. Fine, whatever. I still pass. Yeah. Um, I got a couple tidbits. Okay. I got an email from Travis who, I don't know mm. if this validates you, but he found something on the Backpacking Light website where it was like, use a pine cone. Somebody was suggesting using a pine cone for toilet paper. A pine cone for toilet did paper. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. Does that validate you, or of course it validates me? How so? Well, I mean, that's a different use. I mean, he's he's talking like wipe, you know, with the with the flow of the pine cone, obviously. The grain of of the pine cone, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's if you're if you're doing that, that's a different use. But um, look, if you're if you're using it to clean, you can use it to dig. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm going to stick to my story. Because they're kind of the same thing, right? Wiping yourself and digging are similar is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying in this this context. (laughs) I know it's totally different, but I'm going to say it's the same. That way I feel better and I feel validated. Okay. Backpacking Light has some legitimate information on there. And so I was surprised to see that nonsense. I'll be honest. Maybe we need to look up our old friend Section Hiker and see what he has to say about it. So We can look him up. He's actually coming up more and more frequently in the search results. So Uh Uh-oh. We'll try to have them on again. Okay. We'll see if that works. All right. Uh, I got, just so you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we've been called out twice recently for some issues with things we've said in our podcast. So oh. I just want to share them with you real quick okay. and then you can respond. All right. So we had been hosted by iHeartRadio on their podcast app and they insert some ads mm-hmm. and we kind of like check boxes for ads that we don't want included different topics and stuff. Right. But we got an email from Matt. I, I assume he's from California. He's He's like... Are you guys sponsored by California Psychics? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man. No. So, yes. What, do you, what would you say to that? <laughs> um, well, I can see his future, and I can tell him that uh, he's... Yeah. No. I think... We don't support money scammers, for sure. No. They, I think they insert some of these, right? And we don't... Um, they do, but I thought I had hit, hit all the categories. I don't know how that snuck through, but basically, it starts. It started to get frustrating, so we switched back, and so you're going to see just fewer ads in general. Right, right. We went back to a different... We left iHeart. 
is what we're saying. Yeah, because of that yeah. stuff. So thanks for pointing that out, man. And, and yeah. honestly, it was regional, so I wasn't even hearing that when I was when I would listen to the podcast because it was only for California. Right. I didn't hear it either. It's it, yeah. I didn't oh. even hear it. It's California. Okay. There you go. Maybe it's targeted to Matt. Maybe Matt. Maybe it's just on Matt. Some psychic stuff. Maybe Matt. And so that. Check yeah. your filters, Matt. Check your filters. The cookies in his computer made that happen. Maybe. Oh, those cookies. What kind maybe of cookies? Not. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Clear those. Clear those. Clear okay. those cookies. Anyways, and then we got and then we got a review that challenged something we said a few episodes ago, back in June. Um, two issues that Home Skillet Five Hundred Three had with things we said. Black bear maulings and deaths occur every year. Bear spray is not a bad idea. Not ignorant. How would you respond to that? <laughs> no, I'm gonna say don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna say don't bring it every time. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, if that was offensive, homeschool, I apologize. We we always say on our show that we don't know everything, and if you have some things that you think are are truthful and work for you, then you right. know what? Go for it. But in terms of, yeah, bringing bear spray, if that gives you peace of mind, yeah, man, for sure, go ahead and bring it. But if you look at the stats, I, yeah. I, yeah. I looked it up. So for 2021, for the full year, it said that it was a high year for black bear maulings, like it was more than usual, and they had six for the year, all right? Just to clarify, mm. just to compare that, shark attacks that actually kill people um, are more common than that. And so that would be like saying you need mm-hmm. to wear body armor when you go swimming or bring some shark spray or something in case you get a shark attack. Like, like you got to draw the line somewhere. If it, but if it works for you, if that's a, it's a, if that's a fear that you're packing because you, you're genuinely concerned about black bear maulings, then I would say, yeah, just keep, keep doing it. I think there's lighter weight options like those air horns and things, but... I would, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that most people don't need to bring that, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, that's not to say, like, if you've ever seen an attack or been part of attack, and, and it's like, of course, you're going to probably bring it up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. But I think I think that, um, in general, like, the numbers don't lie. I think it's, like, I where I go surfing in California, there are probably great whites, like, hundreds of yards away from me. And I've been surfing there for 20 years. There's never been an attack. Right. Because you're not like going over there and provoking them and like doing things like that. You're just, you're doing your own thing and they know. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I would go with the numbers okay. on that one, but is it wrong? No, of course not. So we're going to have to agree to disagree like, on this one. However, the se- yeah. he had a second point. Leave no trace states burn nothing with an odor ever. They also say pack out your toilet paper. They do not want you to, and then his, his thing got cut off. There must've been like a limit on the characters. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think this is probably the stronger argument here. Do you, have, do you have a response to this one? Burn nothing with an odor ever. Well, you can't burn Carl's underwear then ever. Yeah. And I get that. I agree we'll with We'll stop that. doing that. We, we will stop doing that. So Done. sorry, homeschool about the underwear stuff. Yeah, my socks as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that if you're talking about you know leave no trace and there's like a fire pit right there with like pre-burned stuff, I don't know that you're you know burning some food that gets literally consumed in the fire down to ashes, which are already in the fire pit. If that's really doing any further damage, but if that's offensive right. to you, we apologize. Uh, we apologize. That that's offensive. I don't like. I don't think I'm, I'm still doing that, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for you to say that yeah okay all right you're well, still gonna do that yeah and the packing out the toilet paper thing like we've been told straight up at national parks that you're you know every park is different but like they want you to bury it a certain you know inches Distance deep or whatever from, so yeah, yeah yeah right yep with a pine cone preferably with a pine yeah. cone so not i guess not all national parks might, might match up to the leave no trace guidelines right. you're suggesting but you know right, what right. for that thoughtful detailed review please send me your address Message me through Facebook or email, and I've got a random package of gear coming your way home skillet. Thank you so much. 
Boom. That's all, all right. I got. That's, That's all, all I got. got? Oh, That's yeah. Check I out BatPangBusher.com for more information about our show. For more information, join uh, the family. Subscribe to the show, guys. We'd love to get the family growing. Uh, again, guys, it's been amazing. We were talking about wag bags. I mean, if they had just, if the, if Ranger Ann had just talked and figured out Carl's poop amount alone, it, it puts the elephant and the buffalo to shame. So maybe she would think <laughs> twice about her answer. We'll see you next time. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, look, I mean, if we're talking about Rangers, Junior Rangers, Minor Rangers, Texas Rangers, whatever, the only thing Carl's going to be getting to be a Ranger of is just Ranger of Bad Jokes. I mean, that's it. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.